0: Hello, and welcome to episode 271 of SMARTS, which as we all know stands for Speedster's Mind Accelerates Resulting Intense Showdown.
1: Whoa. Or Smallville means Adjustments, re- re- Readjusting, Transformation, Sanctuary.
0: Adjustments and Readjusting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My name is Rediger Q Podcaster, aka Trevor, and your name is?
1: Julie Gouli of Internet Fame, I forgot, Dash Podcaster. <laughs> Correct. I'm adding I forgot into my nickname.
0: Yes. So we have some more uh, comic announcements from DC Comics this week. They're announcing a bunch of projects every week, it seems. Um, so the first is Batman Reptilian, which is a new series from Garth Ennis, who did Hitman and a bunch of other stuff, and with art by Liam Sharp. So if you can picture Liam Sharp doing like this reptile monster showdown in Gotham, um, that's going to be fun. They announced a Green Arrow 80th anniversary special. So in the same vein as the other 80th anniversary specials we've gotten for a bunch of other characters. This will have a short stories by a bunch mm-hmm. of creators that have been, most of which have been associated with the character at various points. Mm-hmm. Um, the Checkmate series from Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malieve that was supposed to follow on from their um, Event Leviathan storyline. Uh-huh. Uh, You recall, like, a new Checkmate inner circle was formed at the end of that with, like, Lois Lane and Steve Trevor and The Question and Uh Green Arrow. And so this was supposed to follow on from that. And then it was seemingly canceled or delayed. And now it's finally going to happen. Oh, good. Um, So that's back on the schedule. Yay. Um, There's going to be a new anthology series in the same vein as Batman Black and White and Superman Red and Blue called Wonder Woman Black and Gold with the exact same premise, only a different color. Is
1: Booster Gold going to show up?
0: Uh, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. there's going to be a second season of Batman The Adventures Continue. So, this is the digital first uh, animated continuation by Paul Dini oh, and yeah. Alan Burnett. There's going to be a second season of that. Awesome. Uh, this time, as with the first season, the, the, the premise is take characters that were never in the animated series. In the first season, it was predominantly Red Hood and Deathstroke and introduce them here. I think this one is going to do The Court of Owls. I could be wrong about that, but it's you know just all the major Batman aspects that never got done in the animated series cool. um there's going to be a uh, for pride month there's going to be a pride special uh with uh stories by a bunch of creators in that space and mm-hmm. then there's also going to be and they say it's not just going to be Uh, Standalone thing In that month It's going to be A continuing initiative Through the rest of the year So they're going to be Launching several other projects Under that banner The first of which Is a new mini-series Called Crush and Lobo Which features Crush Going into space To find Lobo And sort of try to Because apparently She's in a relationship On Earth With a human girl But that falls through She kind of like blows it So she goes up into space To find her dad And kind of learn more About where she comes from When she's all about Um, So that's going to be The first series Under this initiative Yeah So we've got all that To look forward to So all of that Is starting in June I think That's going to be fun so what was your comic of the week?
1: So this week I picked um, Rorschach, right? Correct. Okay. Issue number six. Correct. Okay. Um Anyway, this... ah, It was good. It was so good. I I actually kind of fell on my face in terms of understanding the comprehension until uh, comprehending what was happening, all of what was happening until you and I talked afterwards. But um, basically, in this issue, um, you see... The investigator who I don't remember his name. If we ever got it, we haven't
0: gotten. his yeah. name yet. part of me wonders if that's going to be some sort of big reveal at the end. Ooh, bum I don't bum know. bum.
1: Well, he has a very nondescript face. I mean, it's it's got character, but it's not familiar. Part of me
0: wonders if it's going to be a reveal or if it's just supposed to be he he could be anyone. Like, right, it's he's not an about any him. Man. His identity isn't important. He's like a faceless detective who almost seems like a man out of time. Like he almost seems like he belongs more in the '60s or '70s as he opposed does, to the '80s or '90s or whenever mm-hmm. this is set. You know.
1: Yeah, this is set in the uh, '90s, I think, I think the because they yeah. they referenced '86 as the event, um, presumably when um, yeah, you know, that was when Manhattan that exploded. When, yeah,
0: watch, well, no, that's the movie. That was when the giant squid appeared in New York.
1: Right, right, right. Well, no, I'm talking about the island of Manhattan.
0: The island of Manhattan. What are you talking about?
1: New York, Manhattan. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, I th- when when you said when Manhattan appeared,
1: no, I, I said exploded.
0: Oh, well, the island of Manhattan didn't explode. A I giant know. squid appeared in New York and sort of draped itself over the buildings and a bunch of people died from the psychic backlash of it.
1: Right. Um, yes. Um, I thought
0: you were saying when Dr. Manhattan exploded, which is what happened or, in the movie.
1: Yeah. Well, I <laughs> kind of. It, was his <laughs> power, of. it
0: was his power signature, at least.
1: Right. Um, anyhow. So, yeah, no. Um. Okay. So, we follow this detective. He is staying at a hotel and he gets a mystery package delivered to him. Uh, He wasn't expecting it. He picks it up and it is all of these letters back and forth between um, Laura and the comic book writer, Wes. And it basically establishes the beginnings of their relationship and the forging of their friendship. The reason that they brought, the, the reason that brought them together in the first place was completely innocuous because it was like... There was no grand scheme. One person didn't con the other. It was two lost people who found each other. And it was very interesting to see the letters. And it was very interesting to have flashbacks to both sides of the letter writers as they're going on their respective journeys. You see Laura is really quite troubled. Um, she's she's 19 at this point. I didn't know that um, until this issue. And like she's contemplating suicide. And She's really quite lost with everything that's going on. She doesn't really have a strong sense of her identity. She just wants to do good, but she is completely lost about how to do that and what her place in everything is. Um... And then you see Wes, who's just basically waiting to die. And he's, you know, he's got all of these accolades, but he's not happy with any of them. Um, he's, he's happy to be appreciated by this complete stranger who seems really nice and genuine. And that's, that's the foundation of their friendship, is that they've both been broken by life at one point or another. And they just decide to, um, I don't know, be friends, you know? And so she goes all the way to New York to meet him. And he's just there, and at the same time that this is unfolding in flashback sequences, as we as presumably the investigator is reading these letters back, you see. Which, by the way, I gotta say, the the tone of the letters was really wonderful. Like when Laura is speaking, it's her voice. When Wes is speaking, he has this old timey way of speaking. the The way he uses words, it's very. Um, it's not formal. It's just the old way of doing things. It's the old way of presenting an idea. Um, I I can't put my finger on an example for you, but it's really, really clearly of a different generation. He speaks um, with a more elite tone, but not meaning to be high and mighty or pedantic or um, conceited. It's just that's how everybody spoke back when he was learning how to speak. Um, and... It, it's it's nice um the, the the lettering is also making that very clear too but then also the the third piece is that the investigator needs to track down wants to track down this is the part that <laughs> whiffed over my head until you and I were talking off mic um is that the investigator is like wait a minute who sent me this package um I need to find all the footage. He's like bribing people left and right to get access to information as to who had access to these letters, why they sent them to him, how they knew that he was staying at the hotel and that he would need that kind of information. Um, He's trying to track that person down. And then he finally does. um, And he shows up at a house. And this is the part that I got confused at because I thought that he was showing up to a house that was somehow related to the two people. But it was not. It was related to (laughs) to the person who sent him the package and there's just this dude sitting in a living room watching tv with a rorschach costume on so questions (laughs) lots and lots of questions um and yeah tom king continues to deliver some sweet 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 content okay so what was your comic of the week
0: so i picked joker number one Excellent. Um, mostly on the strength of the main story. The punchline backup was good too. It's a continuation of the punchline special mm-hmm. from a few months ago, but the main story I thought was, a, was sort of the strongest opener to a new series that I've read in quite a while. Uh, this is James Tynion continuing the, the sort of the plot line of, you know, the ramifications of what happened after the Joker war. And now we're seeing this A-Day, you know, like yeah. the, the big attack on Arkham Asylum, um, and apparently he's been and t- taking um, the artist, I'm not sure how it's name Guillem or Gilliam or whatever march that he worked with. on He's one of his two main artists on Batman, uh, along with Jorge Jimenez, and sort of moving over to do this and sort of following that plot thread. And he's been saying like he's he's been trying to crack a way to do like a, a story about the Joker, like a Joker-centric story for a long time. Because you're like, well, how do you have... It's hard to have a story about a villain in the first place. You know, right. you can kind of do it with someone like deathstroke or someone like that who's kind of like sometimes an antihero and who's like has a code of honor but how do you have an ongoing series about the joker it's been done but it's been literally like 45 years he had a short-lived ongoing series i think in the 70s and that was the only time right and the the way he cracked it is says like well who who can who can sort of be like the audience surrogate who can be like the 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 ...character that we follow, you know, hunting for the Joker... Mm-hmm. ...instead of actually following what the Joker is doing all the time... ...and that's Commissioner Gordon. Like, who yeah. else Who else could it be? Is the perfect fit for that. So this really sets up the stakes... ...and why Commissioner Gordon is going to be going after him... ...and what's going on in Commissioner Gordon's life... ...and what he's feeling. And he really does a great job of establishing everything in the stakes. You know, like, obviously, he paralyzed his daughter... ...and he had a hand in now the death of his son. And, mm-hmm. and I guess since everything is back in continuity... ...he also killed his second wife... Sarah Essen who's the the woman that he had an affair with in Batman year one
1: I mean he, I remember that he had an affair with her but I did yeah, in the see comics he later in, in the, the comics.
0: comics he later married her yeah um, and then at the end of the no man's land storyline Joker uh Joker murdered her so that's just one other thing that and I guess that's back I mean everything's back now so I guess that's official again he even mentions her in this he mentioned but her, doesn't but... specifically mention you know the joker killed her but I think maybe that's sort of there for the the long-term fans to remember uh. that that happened. Um, That was literally the climax of No Man's Land, was that. That's messed up. Um, So yeah, so it sets off the storyline. And and we're given to believe based on some some hints in the storyline that maybe Joker wasn't responsible for the attack on Arkham Asylum. Not that I think that that would necessarily stop Gordon from going after him because he's certainly guilty of a million other things, but it sets up a thread where potentially he's got to um, not work with the Joker, but maybe like let things play out differently than he would like to get to the real, the bottom of what's going on because yeah. he wants revenge on the Joker. Um, but he also is, you know, he's a cop and a detective at heart. And if he's like, there's someone else behind this and all these hundreds of people died, yep. that does that take, that might take him paramount importance in his mind over his own vendetta, you know, because he's right. a good man. He's, yeah. he's been given plenty of opportunities to kill the Joker beforehand in fact after he killed sarah at the end of no man's land he had the joker at gunpoint and batman like literally stepped out of the way and said i won't stop you you know you have to decide what wow. to do now and uh gordon like shot him in the knee or something like that and and that was but then he didn't you know yeah. that was it kind of like how similarly here in this in joker war harley was given the opportunity to kill him and instead she just kind of shot him in the face and like mm-hmm. damaged one of his eyes because mm. um, you see on the cover he's got an eye stitched up and here at the end of this he's got one eye is like white and the other is normal colored right um Who knows if that'll be permanent. The kneecap thing lasted for like... He showed up in a guest appearance in a superman comic and he had a cane yeah and then after that it was just completely forgotten that's the kind of thing that yeah. it never really sticks you know like giving yeah. a, a villain like that a permanent injury is never really gonna no, last for very no. long but who knows now they're making a big deal about how all the batman titles are so tightly integrated and we're kind of seeing that too like this a day thing is plated in several different titles now even the digital first life lo- stuff like uh the next batman second son yep the a day stuff is happening there and it precipitates you know the new mayor hiring Montoya as the new commissioner and everything. So everything seems to be very tightly coordinated now because there's a smaller group of books. It's really just Batman, Detective, Nightwing, some of the digital stuff in this Batman Urban Legends anthology series. But there's not a Batgirl series anymore. There's not a Red Hood series anymore. So it's a lot easier to sort of keep it consolidated. Right. Um, But this was a great first issue. So I don't know if this is going to be, this isn't going to go on forever. I imagine it's kind of, they've got, he's got 12 issues in mind or something like this. And then things will fold back into what's going on back in Gotham. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes because this is a really great, really great opener. Yeah. So should we move on to your activity? I'm ready. So this week we will continue to rate the MCU supporting characters. Okay. Okay. So ready. I've got five more here. This one's kind of um, Spider-Man heavy with a couple of exceptions. Just sure. going literally going down an alphabetical list of supporting characters in the movies. <laughs> so number one, Flash Thompson. This is the rich kid bully character from the Spider-Man movies. You know who I'm talking about, right? The ones. No. I mean, there's like five kids that we know and only one of them is a rich kid bully character who, who is te- he the
1: one that was flying in first class and yeah he he's the rich like, kid okay, bully yeah. character all right all right all right okay i know him um i love it i i i like him very much let's see um kind of wish he had more to do. He, well, there's only Far so much home, time you can give to the 10th like most I know. important character but in those he, movies. Well, he does a good job. The actor does a good job. I know he does, job. but I'm the saying he's never going
0: to get a ton more to do. N- no. Unless they do what the comics did and turn him into like Agent Venom later on and give him oh, his own. No. He goes to war and he loses a leg and then he becomes Venom and he kind of becomes a hero. and But they're obviously not going to do oh, all that goodness. here. But he has a whole thing in the comics. Well, that's what cool. they did here, which is... Some people like and some people don't like in the comics, and you might remember from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, he was in the first one briefly. Oh, he yeah. was always like the jock, teasing sure. the nerd Peter Parker, right? Yeah. But I think that they, what they wanted to do here is they they updated it a little bit, and especially since all these kids are going to like this science magnate school, you know, Sh- the sure. idea that he's this dumb jock wouldn't really fly. Fly, yeah. So instead of making him a jock that teases Peter, they just made him like a he's like he's a like a ri- he's, a, he's rich a rich entitled jerk, jerk yeah. right? Like yeah. he's not he's not the the. Quarterback of the football team. No, he's he just, just
1: walks around with a sense of entitlement. Yeah, he's yeah. just
0: entitled, right? Yeah. So, so I feel like that. I was actually kind of
1: like a, the depth because they, they, they establish also that the, the he's just kind he's of got hurting inside. He has yeah, a sad he's, he's got home like an absent He's mom lonely. He's lonely. Like yeah, yeah. His, his, both of his parents are like too busy for him, and it's it's kind of lonely for him. And um, it is sort of explains why he's lashing out, and also why he's looking for human connection. But too. they
0: they kept the thing from the comics where he he um he. Makes fun of Peter Parker all the time, but he's Spider-Man's biggest fan.
1: I know, I love that. <laughs> we'll be
0: interested to see what they do in the third movie, right? Yeah. When when it's re- when his identity oh. is revealed, so which way is he going to go on that, right? Whoa. I mean, you can. Did they see... ever
1: do that in the comics? Probably his identity
0: not. was revealed briefly in the comics, and but then they we don't then it get was Flash's magically. Take on it. But I don't. I'm I'm sure there was a story about it in the comics. They actually became good friends later on. Like as they when they grew up, he realized that he'd been a jerk, and that he was hey. working through a lot of things. Like his father was an alcoholic and used to beat him and stuff like that. Oh, so he he sort of grew as a person and sort of he he apologized to Peter and they actually became really close friends. Right. Um, So but then later when he his identity is revealed, I never read any of those comics. I don't know if they did a story where Flash Thompson reacted to what that was all about. His identity was only public for like a year in the comics and then they put the the genie back in the bottle yeah, so i don't yeah. i don't know probably there was a story about it but i didn't read it but it'll be interesting to see i mean if they want to give him an arc here it'd be nice if like in the third movie he like actually realizes mm-hmm. the error of his ways mm-hmm. and like sticks up for peter at some crucial moment like defends yeah. him to like a bunch of people that are trying to tear him down or yeah something. that'd
1: be great um yeah. i like him so i i'm gonna give it you know what for for a bully a characterized i'm gonna say four
0: yeah what about i you? think i'd say four also yeah so number two, Frigga. This is, um, or Frigga, I know how it's pronounced. This oh. is Rene Russo's character, yeah. uh, Thor's mother, from the first couple of Thor movies and then made a, made a fun cameo again in uh, Her Endgame. Her cameo
1: was really clutch too. Yeah. Well, you it needed that. It was so good. You really She's do. the only
0: character that could serve the perp, that purpose in the, yeah. in the script to sort of give Thor a pep talk and and make A him pep talk
1: the, and a sort of absolution that he needed, you know, to get set him back around the right... Because, and tell him
0: to maybe eat a salad.
1: And maybe eat a salad, which was so great. I mean, that's just such a perfect mom moment. Like...
0: And she, she, had, she was
1: okay with her own mortality. She, she understands had, she had the, the mechanics best, of time. She had
0: one of the best lines in that movie too, where where Thor is lamenting like he's failed at all the things he was supposed to do, and, yeah. and she has a line. I'm probably going to not get it exactly right, but it was something like everybody fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is how well you how how well you are at being who you are. You know. Mm,
1: I see. Yeah, that was a good that was a good moment too. I mean, he needed to hear all those things. I just I actually really like her because like she knows. Like he knows, he sort of let it slip that she's about to die, but she says, you think I'm a time witch and I don't know certain things? Like she sort of tells him without telling him explicitly that she knows it and she's okay with it. And that was a kind of a mind blowing moment too. But I mean, yeah, respect the time witch, you know, like she knows, um, and probably has known for a long time. Um and and still is able to function and be powerful and, and strong and awesome. Um, I really dig that scene between them. So it was great. I, I gotta say I really like all of her appearances, so I'm gonna say five. I think they did a really good job with her character. Yeah, she was in good in the she was
0: good in the first one, sort of but she I feel like she was mostly just like the the distraught mother in the first one, but she had some good scenes, you know, when it, when Loki was betraying everybody, and so. And then the second movie, comforting, trying, yeah. to, trying to comfort Loki, yeah, and trying to sort of remind him of who he was, and then she dies, and then that sort of motivates him for the rest of that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of sad when she died in the second one, but because I feel like they could have done a lot more with her.
1: I character, I but. agree. I agree.
0: I mean, that is something you can do with these movies when you know you're only, of course, now they're doing a fourth Thor movie and who knows how many more after that. But unlike the comics where every, the, the characters have to basically stay forever, right? Like right. someone might die, but they're probably going to come back eventually here. You're only going to do a handful of movies with each character. Right. You can kill some of them off, right? You can kill off the main characters eventually because yeah. you're, just, you're not going to use that character anymore. Right. So they, yeah. there, there can be real stakes in that one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I think I'd have to give her a four too. So number three, May Parker, Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. Risa Tomei Parker. <laughs>
1: um, oh, I, I really love what they did with her character. Um, I think she's funny. I think she has her own sort of identity and her own uh, like goals and stuff. But she's also a really good aunt to Peter. And she's raising him, you know... Um, Really, really well. And they and give her
0: her own stuff to do, right? Yeah, like they give her her own stuff she's to do, got, her she's, running relationships, her, she's running her own, own initiative business. Yep. In, the, in that one. She's got her relationship with Happy yeah. on the side, right? Yeah. Um, how do you, do you prefer this sort of younger version of her or do you prefer like the old grandmotherly type um, from the, like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man yeah, movies the Yeah, I got used to the, the
1: grandmother, comics. I know. I got used to the grandmother figure, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. sense, because sense. Because she's the she's sister only one of, generation older than him. She should be basically
0: Peter's mother's age. It could be as young as... Forty. Forty, 45, 40, or 45 yeah. right? And Mr. Tomei, I think, was like fifty or fifty one or something yeah, when she was. So cast. That's perfect she was Robert Danny Jr.'s age, basically, yeah. which is why he's kind of macking on her in civil war, yeah. right? <laughs> um
1: uh, I think they did a really good job with her character and I really like all of her like all of her interactions are so three dimensional and human. So I gotta say five. I kind kinda of wish she had more to do. So maybe maybe I should well, say four. They, they, they kinda sure. skipped they
0: kinda skipped over I mean, she discovers his identity. It's the big yeah the big that, thing at the end yeah and then by the second the... movie it's been it really resolved ends. and she's completely in his corner right it would yeah. have been but i mean like i feel like how many times have you seen that where a loved one sure. finds out the hero's identity and like how could you not tell me this yeah. you're grounded you I, you had... I honestly let's not skip past all that i don't mind that you i know? like
1: watching it but honestly i don't need it yeah. yeah so i thought that that was kind of clever and it wasn't really necessary <laughs> okay
0: so number four mj zendaya's well you
1: didn't you didn't rate
0: yeah i'd say four yeah okay what about mj
1: um, I, Again, a very different version. Very this different. This is not the supermodel I'm 100%, Kirsten Dunst. Yep. I'm 100% behind it. I think she's great. I think it's funny that she's funny. She's clever. She's Making awkward. Making her sort of a sardonic loner. She's very sardonic. Yeah. She's, you know? she's, she's sort of like, no, screw the world. She's sort of got this, this whole punk mentality. But it, it's, it's kind great. of similar
0: <laughs> to the way they updated Flash Thompson. It's like the jock, like like nerds are cool these days, right? right? And this is, you know, not just me saying that, but I mean like comic books, pop like, yeah. like sci-fi. It's mainstream now. I mean- the, yeah. the fact that the yep. Endgame was until, like, literally yesterday, the highest yep. grossing movie of all time until Aver- Avatar overtook it again because right. they just re-released it in China, yeah. but literally. Um, so that, so nerds are cool now. So it's like, oh, the jock versus the nerd thing, I'm not saying it doesn't still happen. I'm sure it still happens every yeah. day a thousand times over. But that's sort of a bit of a more tired trope now. So you update him, you make him, like, this entitled rich kid right. who's, like, big on social. He's, like, all doing it for the grands, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and similarly, who is the, the cool, like, the cool girl maybe used to be all like the beautiful girl who like models on the side and so on but that's like seems to me to be a very 80s or 90s kind of thing it is yeah um now who's the cool girl where it's kind of like i don't know like the disaffected girl who's like super into art and doesn't care what anybody thinks she has a strong sense of identity she has yeah like oh man she's cool right like the loner you know what i mean She's in, the funny, she's been, witty, in the '90s, it would have been in the '90s. It would have been the smart. goth. It would have been the goth girl, and now Probably. it's sort of like the. Yeah. Oh, I don't use I'm, I don't use technology. I don't. You can sort of see like I don't. I don't have a TV, right? You could sort of see her being that kind of, kind of too too cool, disaffected type. You know, there what are I mean? certain things she's almost too cool a little for hipster. That. Like this was kind of a little, a little bit of hipster to her.
1: I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say. I understand the the tone of the. The hipster tone, I guess, is some sometimes something she rolls with. Yeah, so I can. Um, but I don't know if I'd label her as a hipster. Um, I just think she's unique and she's strong, and it's it's fun to find a, a young person who has themselves mostly figured out. You know, she she figured out that she doesn't need to figure everything out, and everything else is sort of shrug. You know, she'll take it or leave it. Um, and she has a really clever, funny sense of humor. And I really like what they did with her character. I'm glad that it was, they did this. It was kind so of co- yeah, she it gets five from me. It was
0: kind of controversial because she has basically nothing in common with the comics character other than her name. And even her name isn't exactly the same. It's not Mary Jane. It's Michelle something. And she just... She's MJ to her MJ, friends, yeah. right? But it's basically a completely different character. Like, they yeah. have n- basically nothing in common. Well, and I'm it was, glad. And it was controversial <laughs> because, like, yes, you could say, yes, we had that version already with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. But if this is going to be, like, the new official long version that they hope to run for a long time, uh-huh. it'd be like if they're doing a new Superman franchise, which, granted, happens often. But we're doing a new Superman franchise. And this time, Lois, Na- Lois Lane is not going to be a, a morally upright, hard-hitting journalist. She's going to be a... Well, let's
1: be honest, like, hold on. Because Lois Lane got... The reason why everybody is so gung-ho and in love with Lois Lane is because she actually, independently of herself, like, since early on, had...
0: Stuff to do. Well, but Whereas
1: Mar- Mary Jane is more of an object and a plot device. Well, you, throughout you, you the comic only know—well,
0: you don't know that. I mean, you only know her from the Sam Raimi movies. In the comics, she was actually a very strong, well-written character from the very beginning.
1: Well, they should have done that in the movies, Sam. Well,
0: fair enough. <laughs> but but I mean, so she's got. There are, she has a lot of fans of her of her okay. specific character. Not All right, just, that's you know, fair. No, she's not Lois Lane. She's not like a trailblazing mm-hmm. feminist icon. But she's she's a character that a lot of people love from the comics and if you can imagine if they did a new superman fri- franchise this is going to be the new superman franchise gonna last for 20 years this is it this is the new official face of the superman franchise and lois lane was a completely different character and they only kept the name or they made her like lola lane or something like they even changed the name a little and right. she wasn't a reporter and she wasn't you know none of that was mm-hmm. the same she didn't come from an army background she had a completely different right, sure. look background ethnicity personality style of dress, everything was completely different. You'd be like, why did they do that, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't even like it when they, you know, I remember you, you were like, when we the first time we watched the Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition and they changed Jim, Jimmy Olsen from a photographer to a, a CIA agent pretending to be a photographer. And yeah, I took a little, That's little not English. Jimmy Olsen. How could they do like, that? What? Like, this is way, a way bigger change. And every time, when they change something from the comics, you're like, and you don't know the comics version, like yeah. mostly with the Marvel stuff. You're like, yeah, I like this. This is really good. But when they change something and you do know what it originally was, you're oftentimes you're like why did they have to change that couldn't they have you know what i mean so yeah it's all about what you're familiar with so but yeah i mean i really like her i'm not i'm not like beholden to the spider-man stuff but just by way of analogy if they'd done that to lois lane or i know the kent's or alfred or something right right? like completely changed or commissioner gordon like a huge character in that mythos and completely changed their personality and everything i think you'd be you'd be kind of frustrated about it too i just mentioned that for context but yeah no i really like her um I mean, we already had the other version, so they can do something different now. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind it. So I, I think four. I think she does a really good job. And yeah. she's definitely like a I gave really her big up and coming actress too. Like yeah. she's really blowing up. Yeah. Number five, Sharon Carter, Agent thirteen, Peggy Carter's niece.
1: I feel like I haven't seen enough of her. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. So for now, I'm gonna give her a four because I, they gave the, what she what she got, she did really well. Um, only had
0: two appearances. Yeah. But I feel like she really made the most of because so she many memorable three, so many memorable at least three. Uh, Am I forgetting something? Hallway, funeral. No, I'm not counting scenes. I'm counting movies. How many movies did oh. she appear in? It's just Winter, Winter Soldier and Civil War, unless I'm forgetting something. Okay. But so many memorable scenes, even in those movies. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, The hallway interaction with, with Captain America and Civil War, and then the scene where she faces down Rumlow <laughs> yep, at gunpoint in the thing. Um, Captain's orders, right? And then yep. the Civil War, like speaking at her at Peggy's funeral. Yep. And then the scene where she helps it, helps him out and gives him... Back, back the his, shield equipment and, the, and everything yeah. with Sam and Bucky watching in the car, kind of like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: um, yeah. I think it's great, and and she's she's a she's a great character in the comics too, and I feel like the actress does a really great job. Yeah, so hopefully they'll get to. It'd be cool if I like, just want
1: to see more of her. Trailers, so for now, she's the trailers
0: more. don't really give me this impression, but it would be cool if it was kind of like Sam and Bucky and her as like a trio fighting. Whatever the threat is in this, instead That'd be of fun. I imagine she's just gonna. I think she's gonna have more to do here, but I think she's probably gonna be like a distant third, just mm. because you know it's not her. It's Falcon, se- it's Falcon and not the Soldier, series. yeah. Um, but it would be smart of them to, if they're planning on continuing to use her and stuff, to like ele- use this opportunity to elevate her here, right? Give like her a bit people, of a springboard. People or are way bigger. more yeah. excited about Wanda and Vision after Wanda yeah. than they were after any of the movies, right? Yeah. Um so use this to like generate more excitement for this character and then I'm not not to say they would give her her own movie, but if they want to use her, I mean when and if Sam eventually gets his own Captain America movie, yep. she could be part of his supporting cast. She could be someone who helps him out and gives him intelligence and you know. Yep. So she could continue to be a recurring character here. Yeah. And it is a little weird in retrospect that that he unknowingly started making moves on the niece yeah. of, of his old Whoops. love interest who eventually he ended up with anyway <laughs> right it was like he was with her and I was with her niece for like about five minutes
1: oh just like just five one seconds. kiss yeah that's... although they
0: were sort of making eyes at each other for like a few a couple of years worth of, of movies there right even though oh. just two movies but they spanned a couple of years and they were like so they had like a they were definitely like you well, know they won't foremost of each yeah. other's yeah. minds for a couple of years there yeah. and then they had the kiss and then he went back to <laughs> being with her aunt so it's a yeah. little weird in retrospect um but yeah, I think I think four. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. she's I think she's a really really strong character. But hopefully we'll get to see more of her in the in the show. Yep. So should we move on to our shows. Ready. So we have Superman and Lois, Batwoman, Flash, and Black Lightning. Yes. So Superman and Lois. This was called the Perks of Not Being a Wallflower. So this was <laughs> a lot about Jordan joining the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they continued to really I I think really smartly defy expectations. Like you could see. You could see it coming that Clark was going to come down on him not wanting to be on the football team because it's too dangerous. They did the same kind of thing in Smallville, the show, where Clark wanted to be on the football team so that he could actually enjoy using his powers and actually, like, accomplish something, right? And Jonathan was like, it's not enough for you that you, you know, that that you know your own worth and that you save lives. Like, you, you need to derive some worth from going out there and playing football. Like, and I used to play football, too, but I don't have... I wouldn't be running. I wasn't running the risks that you'd be running. You're willing yep. to endanger other people's lives and your secret and our entire lives yeah. just to play football. Like, cause, and this was like actually a big bone of contention mm-hmm. between them in the show mm-hmm. for, I mean, for a couple of episodes until it. Um, so it's, but it's. I feel like it's done really smartly here. Yeah. And eventually, of course, Clark comes around and does it in a way that he still kind of gets to be part of his life. And I feel like it's great that Jordan goes through a whole arc here too. It like. First, he doesn't think it's a great idea because he's worried about Jordan exposing himself. Yep. Then he's worried that he's going to hurt someone. Yep. And then he kind of comes around when he sees that he's actually like, it's actually helping his self-esteem and yeah. helping him make friends and making him happy. I he love actually that goes to his father was... and says like, and, and you're like, but he's giving something up too, right? Yeah. Because this was his thing, right? Yeah. He's willing to sacrifice his, what's always been his place Identity, in the family yeah. as the football star. Yeah. He's willing to cede that to Jordan just to make, just to make him happy you know yeah so I again I I love that so much yeah
1: Yeah, it's really good characterization when the siblings actually kind of work together and stand up for each other and care about each other and just kind of you know are are best friends and have each other's backs even when the other isn't
0: looking you know I
1: think that's so good if they continue to strike this
0: balance like you can have drama within the episode right and it's not to say that they always need to tie everything up perfectly by the end of the episode but you can have characters have conflict and drama within the episode yep but, but ultimately, at the end of the day, they're all good people and they all love each other mm-hmm. and they should come back together in fairly short order yep. and apologize if they did something wrong and all get on the same page and support each other, right? And that's, that's – you don't want to see a Superman show where his kids turn out to be like murderers or something like that. Nobody wants to see that, right? Yep. So you, that's exactly what you want. You also get furthering of the, the whole Lois Lane subplot investigating Morgan Edge, right? Like mm-hmm. someone throws a Molotov cocktail at her car someone sends colossus to murder her
1: yeah
0: right yeah someone sends daniel cudmore to to kill her um i didn't even i saw his name in the credits i'm like oh daniel cudmore is in this but i didn't even recognize him when he showed up because he's got like a beard and he's 20 years older yeah um (laughs) then then a great scene where superman shows up and fights this guy and freezes him blasts him through the She pushes the button on the thing and superman's there in like half a second even though he was on the other side of the of the state right um pushes him through the wall as he tries to fight him he's super strong we didn't know how this could be is there's metahuman and there's like able to surprise superman with your strength level meta human right yeah he finally freezes him that's really smart he gets away and we're like what's the deal with this guy then at the end a woman shows up and kills him with heat vision which so, is something. something like is she kryptonian was he kryptonian too probably not if he was able if she was able to burn him that easily probably not yeah. but morgan edge has got like metahumans and even like kryptonians working for him yeah i mean we know from supergirl uh, who knows how much of this is still true post-crisis but we know from supergirl that there's other kryptonians out there yes argo i'm assuming argo i mean argo was destroyed by the antimatter you remember the whole thing with argo right like where yep. kara's mother is yep. and that's where mm-hmm. right lois mm-hmm. and clark were staying there's a whole City of millions of them up there, right? I and think it was that's destroyed. But the end int- went
1: to deliver too, so that the baby wouldn't. Well, that's kill
0: her. What, exactly yes, but um, but then post crisis we assume that it's still out there i mean yeah. it's destroyed by the antimatter wave but everything was we assume that it's back yeah. now right yeah. so it's entirely possible i mean there's millions of kryptonians out there yeah the right? only
1: thing that isn't back after a crisis is oliver queen well, we he's don't, the one that made the well we don't know i mean a lot of
0: things a lot of things changed right sure like, they it, changed but there's are People's still ages there, changed people that were dead came yeah. back right it's entirely possible that argo is no longer out there for whatever reason that this is one of the things one of the reasons why they they did this and they had crisis and they said okay Writers, this is your chance to, if there's like a story decision you made years ago that now you're like, man, I wish we'd never done that. I wish we'd never killed that character. I wish we hadn't introduced this plot element because now it's causing us all these problems. Now's your chance to change it, right? Uh So if they they got together with the Supergirl writers and the Superman and Lois writers and said, okay, guys, do we still want there to be a planet of millions of Kryptonians out there? Or is that too big of a, a dangling story thread? They could just use Crisis as an excuse to not have it there anymore. And I don't think it's been referred to. I don't think Kara referred to like visiting her mother or anything like that since Crisis. Because yeah. we only had like 10 episodes of those shows after Crisis yeah. before the seasons were cut short yeah. because of COVID. So it might not st- still be there. I'm just saying that is a potential, obviously, place where more Kryptonians could come from, not to mention right. all the other ways they could do it, the Phantom Zone or the ships that come or whatever else, right? Um, so it's not that surprising Candor. there's other Kryptonians out there. But yeah. why, you know, why would one of them be working for Morgan Edge? Yeah. The good question? question mark.
1: Um I I was thinking like cloning technology like I was trying trying to see I mean I guess
0: but if you got never like know. I say if there's so many ways you could have an actual Kryptonian come onto the show why would they need to delve into the whole cloning thing Yeah right? Yeah I wouldn't that that wouldn't be I mean at first I'm like oh maybe but then I remember that that Argo was out there so it seems like that's the more likely the more likely thing yep. Um so Batwoman this one was called it's Hold best Hold on yeah? I
1: want to say one my favorite scene in the episode was when um um clark was pretending to haul the uh yeah i always love
0: yeah (laughs) i mean going back to the christopher Reeve stuff and then brandon routh and even when tom welling got to do it a little bit although only for like the last two or three episodes of smallville but watching
1: him be playfully tongue-in-cheek about it with his son yeah but i know too much i I always love the bumbling (laughs) clark stuff and and live action because it's always done really well Yeah. yeah
0: Okay, um, to, yeah. continue. So Batwoman, this one's called It's Best You Stop Digging. Very good. Um, this one was a good one. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of. I feel like they're kind of dragging out the kryptonite poisoning thing so, a little yeah. bit because she got shot in the first episode and we're now on like episode six or seven or something. And right. it's still it's like, oh, she's dying, but like she's still able to go out and fight. And now she's dying again. Yep. Then
1: and, and she's um, hallucinating and then she's somehow... So I'm kind of ready for like stated. either
0: go to Coriana or don't, right? Yeah. But, um, but otherwise, I thought it was a good episode. All the stuff we learn about Alice is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of... Part of me was like... Alice has always been one of the best things about the show. Yep. But watching watching these last couple of episodes, I'm like, I think I'm enjoying the Alice stuff more than I am the Ryan stuff. Me too. Stuff. I kind of wish that Alice was the star of the show. <laughs> oh no! Wouldn't that have been interesting if they just not recast Batwoman? If they'd done a whole season where it was about all the other characters oh. trying to find Kate, and they had, didn't introduce, it, or they waited, or they waited a year to introduce a new Batwoman? Season two was all about the existing characters trying to find Kate, and then maybe at mm-hmm. the end they don't, mm-hmm. and then season three is about filling the vacuum
1: before it's filled. That would yeah. have been
0: that would have been gutsy. I oh, kind of understand they wanted to have a new face for the show immediately. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like she's. I feel like she's the best actress on the show. I feel like she's the most interesting, and I wouldn't yeah. have said that. 20 years ago when she was playing the teeny bopper on the Birds of Prey live action series because she was pretty stiff in that but she was probably like 14 or something right Um, but I think she's the most interesting character she is in season one it's funny because in season one I really liked her But again, I thought that they dragged some stuff out. Like, it's always her and Mouse. It's always her having the same plots. It's always them finding her, but then letting her get away. But giving her an actual goal in the season that's not just hurt the other characters. Right. She's got a goal. She has missed... She's learning stuff about herself. She's discovering things, right? She's got an actual arc here. Uh that's not all about, like, hurting her family or trying to, like, win Kate back or whatever. Like, it's actually about her character evolving in certain ways. And we learn that she actually wasn't always this way even the, like because we sort of in our heads probably imagined it It was a continuum right like she adopted the Alice name before she escaped from her captor and there was probably in the intervening 10 years or whatever she probably gradually descended into this caricature that she now inhabits right right but now we learn that she escaped and she's still severely damaged but she's normal-ish right, right? like right. she's got issues but she's not dressing up in in Wonderland costumes and speaking in mm-hmm. half rhymes and everything right mm-hmm. but then Sophia comes along and in a jealous rage uses apparently we haven't seen it yet but apparently a hypnotist to mm-hmm. not only make her forget that she's got the hots for ocean yeah but also like push her further into like this Alice persona that she had yeah to sort of make her more like herself yeah in a way you know yeah. so that's interesting and then that's just so like too. is that's this great. like a can she still so could she change back could she become normal again if she's sort of like Pushes through those mental. Is this like right. a mental block that she can overcome and mm-hmm. become more normal again? I really feel like more and more they might be setting her up for a redemption arc. Because again, like we said, you know this—it's hard to do like a Tobias Whale or a Lex Luther where they're the villain for many, many years of the show, yeah. and they're like really the hero can't stop this one guy with no powers, right? Right. Um, if you—if her arc on the show is especially with Kate gone, where she doesn't necessarily have to have it be that opposite number anymore, yeah. If you want to like gradually evolve her into like a wild card anti hero type character, like a, like not kind of like a Red Hood or maybe even like a Deathstroke type character, just in yeah. terms of like her moral yeah. center, I think that would actually be better because then you still get to have her on the show. She's unpredictable, but then you can introduce new villains and not every villain plot has to be about Alice, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, and the, the stuff with Ryan was fine. I like Ryan. It's,
1: I like Ryan, too. Can
0: I say an incredibly minor thing that bugs me sure. about her on the show? And this is totally surface level and unimportant but it's like it it catches my every every time there's something odd about ryan's hair where it it starts there's like the hairline but there's like some frizz below the hairline just based on the way it's styled yeah i don't know what it is but i can't take it's like instead of the hairline being like okay it starts here and it's a clean line right yeah it's like there's her hairline and then there's like some some frizziness below it and it's all i can look at sometimes when she's got her her hair in certain ways i don't know what it is it's that's, like
1: that's just how she styles her edges i know it but it's very
0: distracting to me it's like it's not to me it's like it there's good. hair and then there's like this lo- there's this clump of almost hair below it that takes up half of her forehead and it's very distracting for me anyway i just wanted to get that out
1: there. jeez um
0: so flash the speed of thought So this is this is kind of cool because they give Barry the speed thinking power, which he got, which is something that was introduced, I think, in the New Fifty Two, and they did some interesting sort of visual stuff with it to show how he was like thinking super fast. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, he's kind of always had super thought. Speed of super thought. Sure, from a, like he can a read a book really
1: fast. He can do well, process even, information really But even like, there's really no fast. way he
0: could move at near light speeds if he also wasn't able to think at near light speeds, because yes, he would just run into a bus in half a second. Right, right, right. But there's a difference between thinking as fast as you can move. I suppose in theory, this show would this show states that there's a difference between thinking as fast as you can move and being super smart in real time. Right, right. Because no matter how fast he moves when he's running, it, he's not smarter. Than he always is, yeah. right? He could do more things and, in theory, learn more things if he were to do a, a Bart Allen and Jeff Johns Teen Titans and just sit down and read the entire San Francisco Library in five minutes. Yeah, um, which is such an awesome scene. But <laughs> um, but, but uh, we've never really given any any indication that that's something that you know this version can do or or, or has done. Right. But here he's he basically becomes. they does like a Beautiful Mind thing where he kind of so. Yeah. Dissociates his emotions and like did learn because all this thing. He basically becomes like a robot by the end of it where he's yeah. like divorced from his emotions. I actually thought he was doing He kind still of a wants to save Iris, but thing. he's, yeah, it's kind of similar. Well, it's, yeah, it's the, but I mean, it's the trope, right? Yeah. The super smart guy, oh, he loses touch with his emotions yep. and what's really important yep. to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he still wants to save Iris, but it seems, unless he's sort of lying to himself, it becomes less and less about the fact that he loves her and, and more about strategy. Uh, gaining a strategic advantage yeah. over. Now all I can think of is the thinker, uh, Eva, yeah. Mirror Master, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but then at the end, when he saves... Because then he's, there, he's given this choice, right? Because apparently mm-hmm. there's only enough whatever...
1: Dark matter energy. Crazy
0: comic book part- particles to bring either Sing and Camilla out uh-huh. or, or Iris. Iris. So he decides to bring Iris, the reasons we've said... Bring her out, she starts like convulse, so she having some did she like acclimate too much to the mirror world and now she's having some sort of reaction. She seems like she's having some sort of seizure. That seemingly snaps him out of it. Yeah. And he destroys the artificial speed force, seemingly, which I guess is enough to stop it. Like, I was unclear how this works, right? Like, was that just there to kickstart him or does it perpetually need to power his speed force I even thought, at a distance?
1: Yeah, I thought it needs to perpetually it power. seems that way because
0: yeah. he destroys it and then he's like struck by some kind of lightning and I'm like, is that the power leaving him or is that something else hitting him? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. What I always assumed was, I'm not crazy about the notion of him being powered by an artificial speed force from now till the end of the show. Yeah. Because one of the things that's cool about the modern version of The Flash is this sort of like semi-mystical element of the speed force where yeah. all the speedsters go when they die. And it, and this show has introduced this sort of cool aspect where like this the form of his mother mm-hmm. it converses with him. Mm-hmm. It'd be a shame to lose all of that. So I kind of thought, well, maybe this will be a temporary thing and then somehow the creation of this artificial speed force will somehow jumpstart the return of the real speed force. Right. So we'll discover it was never really gone. It was just closed off in some way. Right. Or whatever. So who knows what's going to happen? Whatever here. comic yeah. book science. Yeah, but it was a good one. And of course, Grant Gustin did a good job of sort of becoming increasingly emotional. Mm-hmm. I saw someone say basically that it's like, well, he's basically just become Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, which I wouldn't know, but I would have to, <laughs> I would have to ask you how true that is. Uh,
1: no, I wouldn't say that. Sheldon's funny without meaning to be, versus um, Barry, who's cold without meaning to be, um, disaffected. I don't know, it's i don't I don't see the I don't know. I one, don't agree with that.
0: Assessment. One thing that I thought was cool is that Cisco, I mean, you could you could easily write it where he feels um, threatened by yes, Barry's intelligence because yes. he was always the smart guy on the team. Yeah. But instead, he they, they don't do that. And instead, he's just immediately worried about his friend and what it might mean. Right. Yeah. And of course, he's worried about Camilla and everything else. But he's never like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Will I have to leave Team Flash because now Barry can do everything on his own? They don't they don't Well, they do had that.
1: a moment. They had just the, the slightest well, hint of it. Well, are like, like oh, "Okay, I guess, guess we'll, we'll just do, do, do that. But that's
0: just that to me that read right. more as like surprise and mm-hmm. like self-effacing. Yeah, good humor than like feeling Jealousy. threatened.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: Frost comes back because <laughs> they don't have to hide her baby bu- baby yeah. bump under a pile <laughs> of pillows like they did for five episodes last season. So cute. Um, so she's back. Yeah, I thought it was a good episode. I I, agree. I, I feel like I think what they're gonna I think they're gonna close the storyline soon because they, it's not like. They only had two or three episodes left mm-hmm. in the storyline last season, and mm-hmm. they got cut short. Mm-hmm. They're not now going to extend it for half a season or a full season. There's no. still only going to be two or three episodes, and yeah. then there's going to be two more arcs this season. They're
1: doing a good job of pacing it out, too, yeah. because you've still got David and uh. We haven't Camilla. even
0: seen him. <laughs> like, the, the actor? What not want talking to be- about? oh, we saw him in this yeah, one. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're right. But he had been in the mirror world for I like know. 10 episodes between last season and this season and, and the actor wasn't there and they're just... like, did, the act- did they not get the <laughs> actors? They sent him off to the mirror world and now they're never going to find him again and that's how they write him off the show. As too bad because I always liked him. Um,
1: no but they didn't write him off the show I know we, we saw him now
0: we're going to see well, yeah we're going to see yet. him come they back I mean,
1: I, that's true um, but no they're in, they're in immediate peril so we're going to find out what happens next episode because obviously Iris can probably recover at some point and then tell them every everybody you know what's going on and we get to learn yeah. more information next episode so, epi- so, so I don't know
0: I don't know if the next episode is the conclusion of this whole Eva story or I feel like that would be a little fast I'm I not sure like...
1: if it's, a, it's not going to be a wrap on Eva I think that they still have to go back into the mirror verse to save the other two yeah I th- I and think, figure I out what's going like on with the speed force three, now that Barry destroyed it. I feel like there's it.
0: two or three episodes worth of yes, story exactly. left at the there's pace we are going. There's still some work yeah, to do, that's yeah. my sense. So Black Lightning, this is the Book of Ruin, Chapter 1. So good. Uh, so Jefferson's kind of back on the horse. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, back on the I horse, like back on the too. wagon. <laughs> what's the... Don't, he's back on he's back on that horse. He's riding that horse wagon. Um... <sighs>
1: Um, I like the scene in the bar with the cop whose name, I can't remember who, what was his name? Um, Agent remember. Hassan or something yeah, like it's that? A, yeah, it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's that kind of name. It's it's really nice, like when he, he says, you when you, you know, when you put that man's name in your lips, you you, you say it with yeah, respect. I like that. I like that speech. I'm,
0: I'm, a, like little, I'm a little eye-rolly pretty- at the, the, I feel like this is the millionth time on these shows when we've seen, oh, the city government and or, in this case, it's and, and or like the private military industrial complex yeah. can decide, you know what, we're going to use these superheroes, which if at this point, everybody knows, save the world countless times, been publicly recognized and lauded on stage by the president of the United States, yep. right? Like, no, we're going to, all of a sudden, it's like, but it's like what the Batman comics do all the time, right? Like everybody knows, it's, it's hard to square the fact that Batman is a public hero with the Justice League and has saved the earth hundreds of times, yep. and yet- and you can get a new mayor in Gotham who's like, no, all these vigilantes are bad. Like, wouldn't he be like, but he saved the planet last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Why are you trying to shoot him, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's like, exactly. But, and I feel like so many times in Arrow, I'm sure Arrow, God, I don't even know how many times Arrow has done this, right? Well, it's like, oh, now the vigil. now we're going to hunt the vigilantes even more than we ever hunted them before. And it's like, okay, you know, like yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of over, you kind of buy it in the Batman world, but I'm kind of over, these heroes being hunted by the police and the city because they're too dangerous and they cause more problems and they... So I'm a little over that, but, um, I mean, it's being done well enough here and the, the interesting angle here is that you've got characters like the character you mentioned who are on the police force that have reservations about it. Yep. And then you have them sort of conspiring with this company and now Gamby's Mm-hmm. in on this company and he's sort of spying on them from the inside but he actually has feelings about the woman he's working for yep. so that's sort of like a hard, a potentially going to be hard. He doesn't seem super conflicted about it yet.
1: No. <laughs> he's I like, think oh, it's, it's the best of both go, worlds. Yeah,
0: I get to sleep with this lady. I get <laughs> access to this crazy technology. I get money and I get to go be a vigilante guy. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good, Everything's yeah. coming up, Gamby. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the big thing the big thing here and I, and there's more, but I, I don't know. I feel like multiple times per episode we're given the scene where Um, Jefferson and Lynn have get back on the same page and like oh they're finally making finally. up they're finally and then upon- some and then stupid five argument five minutes later uh. the argument is reignited right yeah like they have they get back together they're on the same page and then like literally five minutes later he's accusing her of keeping secrets or being a hypocrite again and then, then they're yeah they're being a hypocrite and again.
1: the whole attic thing again yeah. like let it go I mean I,
0: I'm sure it's realistic in the sense that these problems don't just we're, we're tra- I know. we're trained by these shows to be like oh they're gonna have a problem they're gonna resolve it and then everything will be tied up and they'll right. move forward as a team again but that's not always the way Things go in real life. So that's true. I suppose it is more realistic, uh, but it's equally know, frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the big thing here is what's happened with Jennifer. So she blew up at the end of last yep. last episode. Mm-hmm. They spend this episode sort of like 3D, Putting her back 3D, 3D printing a new Jennifer. Yeah. It led to a lot of great, like the scene where Jefferson's there and he tells Gambi the story of like when he lost her in a, in a, grocery yeah. store that one time like a lot of they've got there were some great scenes here and then mm-hmm. where anissa has to tell we don't actually see her tell grace but you know that
1: that well yeah that happens but
0: all that is good fodder for good for good scenes yeah at the end they 3d print a new jennifer there's the question of whether she'll be alive or not there's like yeah whatever like only like a 24 chance, chance that something. she'll actually come DC out alive is concerned or they might open he's... the door and she just falls down it's just they just print a new corpse right right they yeah. printed her corpse body um, but they open the door and it comes out, but it's a different actress. But she mm-hmm. seemingly has... She's like, why is everyone looking that, like that? So it presumably has her memories, personality, whatever, but it's a Which different actress. Which doesn't make
1: sense if you factor in the fact that it's reconstituting her DNA. I mean, Her it's DNA cr- is DNA. I mean, like.
0: yes. It's it's crazy comic book thing. They're yeah. like, oh, they could only... I mean... If they could recreate her perfectly, then there would have been a hundred percent chance it would work. So clearly, there are is there potential for error here, yeah. right? So if some of that potential for error led to some of her DNA being put back together incorrectly or whatever, you think that would just lead to Jennifer, but with horrible cancer?
1: Yeah, or <laughs> not something. a different Jennifer, <laughs> right? But
0: but who knows, right? Um, maybe it is the same actress. She's just got like a lot of tumors on her face, and it just I don't know. <laughs> um, but so it's like part of me is like, is this because we talked? I don't we know, a briefly, year ago yeah. about how the actress, even if this wasn't going to be the last season, was like, this is going to be my last season. Yeah. So is this just the actress left the show and instead of doing what they probably would have done if they'd known it was the last season, which is just like letting it lie and writing a, and, and letting this be part of the drama of the final season where they've lost this crucial part of their family. Yeah. They're like, well, we're going to do what Batwoman did. And replace the character, right? Right, because who knows? We might go another five seasons because right. they hadn't and gotten they the word yet, yeah. and then it turned out they didn't. Out they the didn't. News, yeah. And you end up with an as Dak situation where a lot of people yeah. are like, Jadzia's sacrifice would have been so cool going into the last season if there was now this whole yeah. Right, in Deep if Space there was Nine, a vacuum, Morph yeah. had lost a wife, Cisco had lost his mentor and yep. friend, mm-hmm. right? Bashir had lost the woman that he loved and and idolized, right? But instead they're like, well, we got to do more episodes. We we need a new Dax, right? And a lot of people, as much as people like Ezri and like the actress, felt that that kind of... Now in the the final season you have to establish a new character and her relationships to everybody and then it becomes... You know, when you should be telling stories about wrapping up the existing characters, you're spending half your time introducing this new character. Right, right. And so it would be a little different here because presumably it's the same Jennifer under the skin and so you don't really need to introduce her, but... I feel like this is definitely the kind of thing you wouldn't do if you knew you were ending the show. Yeah. Because now, the entire rest of the season, unless you really cut the the writing short and yep. in an artificial way, is going to be about getting them used to
1: the new status to, quo. Yeah.
0: yeah. When there's no point establishing a new status quo because the show is ending. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. So I feel like this is not, instead, they should have maybe just like either not killed her off, yep, right? Done yep. something where, oh, she left or whatever. She left to be with Khalil or something like that. Right. Or actually kill her off in a shocking way. Yeah. I feel like they could, they would, hopefully, they could have done a better job with that if they were actually going to, because it seemed kind of sudden and perfunctory. Right. But do that, and then maybe she comes back, or they hint that she's still out there, or something in the series finale to sort of give the characters hope, you yeah. know, and have a bit of, more of a happy ending. You don't even need to use the actress again if she doesn't want to. Just, right. Maybe Jefferson's like, you know what, I can censor her out there. Something tells me that someday she might come back, or something like that. Right. Um, but don't, do this weird thing where you recast and maybe we're just maybe this is all over nothing maybe this is just a story thing right and and it's going to be an episode or two and then they're going to find a way to change her back but but why that would that be such a weird story to tell if you're just going to revert back to normal soon i don't know And knowing that there was the drama behind the scenes with the actress yeah. wanting to leave the show anyway and they're like she probably wanted to like not come back for this season at all and just have a clean break but they're like we can't just have you leave off screen you're a crucial part of the show right so they they negotiated a a thing where she comes back i was like i'll I'll do three episodes yep but then you got to kill me at the end of that right yeah yeah. so that that really feels like what it is you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. i wonder how i wonder what we'd be thinking if we didn't know there was that behind the scenes drama i feel like we kind of would have been able to deduce right because like it's such a weird thing to do like I don't know. It's something that, when was the last, like, something shows used to do, like Bewitched, right? Like, oh, it's supposed to be the same character but it's a different actor now. Yeah, and they just don't mention it. I mean, mean, but even the MCU, I mean, these shows recast, I mean, we just talked a couple of weeks ago, Superman and Lois recast Sam Lane and they recast Morgan Edge. Right. It's not like these shows don't recast, but having it be a plot point and I don't think it was a plot point in Bewitched, so I guess I'm mixing my analogies, but having it being a plot point where, oh, now this character, now this person looks completely different. I feel like that's the kind of thing shows used to do more but don't to as much anymore like we want to bring this character back but we can't think the actor so we'll just say they got plastic surgery or something like it seems like a soap opera kind of thing to do you know would I recast someone like oh I I went away to the secret island and I got plastic surgery and now I look and sound different and I look 10 years younger or older and you know what I mean yeah it just seems like such a weird story choice even if you even if you knew like especially if you knew the show was ending but even if you even if you didn't think that it was yeah I really don't... I mean, this is the same kind of conversations we had about Batwoman, right? Like, yep. do you recast Kate Kane? Do you bring in a different character? Do you not... I mean, you have to have a Batwoman on the show. You don't have to have a Lightning on this show. Right. So you have more options, I feel like. Yeah. Um, But I mean, if they didn't want to... And it's different different creators. So I'm not saying they they did two different things. It's a different set of creators. But if the Batwoman people... They had... And, you know, I don't know. Like, if you... If you didn't want to recast Batwoman, right? There's only ever been one Batwoman, and, and they made the choice of having to introduce a completely new original character. Yep. Whereas here, you you can't even you can't even deal with losing like the fourth most important character on the show. You have to recast her. It's such a weird choice. Yeah. You know, is, especially in light that on. Batwoman made s- such a different call, and mm-hmm. it's seemingly been working quite well. That they make this weird call. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. very, it's very strange. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I have I have no answers for you. And on it's that. just
0: going to be this weird thing hanging out there because now every time someone looks back at at the show, like this four season yeah. story that they did, there's always going to be this weird thing where oh, in the last season, that's when you had like this cousin, cousin Oliver thing going on. Where oh, here comes the new Jennifer.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: It's like it's going to completely take everybody out of the show every time they go back and, and look and at these episodes because yeah. mm-hmm. oh, here's where the here's. The thing where they had forty episodes and then they had like five with a different Jennifer. Yep, exactly. So, such a weird thing to do. Yeah. I mean, to what we were talking about last week, you felt like, oh, I feel like they got word that they were ending. I feel like this is the best indication yet that no, they had not gotten word N- that yes, they were ending I at this so. point in the I season. I think you're right. I don't know when. I know that they said they had gotten word before the end of the show so it's not like it's going to end on a cliffhanger right but did they get the word
1: like two episodes five episodes
0: before the end one episode before the end was this like a swamp thing where they didn't have time to shoot new stuff they just had to like re-edit the last episode to make it feel more like a conclusion yep what are we going to get like hopefully they had more respect for the show and the creators and the and the cast and everything than to cut them off like that so hopefully they got they gave them at least five or six episodes notice yep
1: yeah well we'll see
0: we'll see but yeah that's a weird decision i mean it's not like it's it's not like it can't generate interesting storylines right um and if this was a comic for example yeah where you know that there's no actor availability issues and it read as a pure story decision you're like oh that's an interesting thing to have happen what if all of a sudden you know hal jordan looks like some completely different person how would that affect like i don't know why you would tell that story but i could see a good writer getting some interesting stories out of that but here it just reads as uh, you can't help but put out of your mind yeah you can't put out of your mind the behind the scenes stuff exactly, exactly. so it, it's really hard to, to get on board with it but it, yeah. it could lead to interesting stories we'll have to see what they do but yeah. it's just always going to have that that sense hanging over it i feel like yeah exactly yeah. 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 And that's it for our shows
1: yeah so if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at com. Our Twitter handle is at smartspodcast. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. And our website is www.smartspodcast.com. How about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about zzzzt? Ooh.